are listening to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. This week's episode of the Traditional Outdoors Podcast is brought to you by Everglades Angling and Eco Tours. Everglades Angling specializes in backcountry kayak fishing trips in Florida's Everglades, but also offers friendly kayak tours in Miami. Jim Desias, the founder of Everglades Angling and Eco Tours, has been guiding in South Florida since 2003. Jim will guide you as you paddle your way through mangrove tunnels that open into hidden lakes with rolling tarpon and eager snook. Cast your line and hang on as your flower lure is attacked by aggressive snook or tarpon. This is close quarters fishing where you can often see your offering get eaten, often followed by the hooked fish going airborne. Closer to Miami, Everglades Angling offers kayak trips for peacock bass. Peacock bass attract anglers from all over the world because of their aggression and fighting ability. In the Miami-Fort Lauderdale area, Jim offers three-hour kayak tours that are great for the entire family. He calls these his unplugged tours, and they have become popular with folks wanting to connect with their kids or spouse in an outdoor, distraction-free setting. Although close to the Miami skyline, you'll feel as if you're in a remote location with incredible bird life, manatees, and the occasional dolphin sighting. For more information, visit www.evergladesangling.org and follow Jim on Facebook and Instagram at Everglades Angling and on his YouTube channel, Jim Dusias. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Steve Angel, and I'm actually was supposed to be joined tonight by both Nick and Tom, but Michigan seems to be getting hammered by... Uh, storms and bad weather, so Nick had to bow out, but I got time on the other end. How's it going, buddy? Oh, it's doing good. Yeah, if we can keep this connection going and have this chat, it'll be perfect. Well, if it uh, if it hiccups on you, I'll I'll just hang out here and and edit what I can out and what I can't. We've already prefaced that you guys are getting hammered tonight. Uh, yeah. We were we were actually going to spend. Um, some time talking on a, a, a specific subject and I may hint at that a little bit as as we go into this but it was it was something that actually came to mind based on um, some dialogue I had with uh, Jerry Russell when I was recording with him about the the blood trailing last week did you get a chance to to catch up on that one time yeah I sure did that was a really good um, discussion I'm, I'm glad you guys recorded that I've uh, talked to Jerry uh, several times and traded messages and stuff. On um, I really enjoyed that. I love I love uh, everything about blood tracking dogs, uh, bloodhounds, and and tracking dogs, and that was great. I loved it. Well, and, and I'll be honest. I, I the more the more I get to know Jerry, the more I just enjoy sitting and 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 talking with him. He's um, and he might he might disagree with me, but I'll I'll say from you know from me, Jerry's been a a, a bit hard to get to know. He he's he's kind of he's kind of in my perspective, he's kind of quiet, a little reserved. But when you know when you get him talking on a subject that he's that he's passionate about, man, I could just sit and listen to him go for hours because he just he he loves to talk about what he loves to talk about, and I think it comes across. Um, you know, on the on the blood trailing, uh, or the I won't say blood trailing, the the animal recovery discussion um, was one that uh, we had kind of bounced around talking about for a while, and I really wanted to talk to him about it, even though 
I'll be perfectly honest with you. I'm a little bit mixed on it, not from a perspective of any kind of ethics thing or anything like that. But, um, you know, I've I've been I've been trailing animals that I've that I've shot for for a long time, and you've been around me. Um, you've you followed a few blood trails with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I take it pretty serious, and and I feel like I'm I'm pretty. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm pretty good at it. Um, and the, the, the challenge for me there is, uh, I, I I would prefer to recover that animal myself. And if I'm being perfectly honest with myself, I would much rather, I, I get more enjoyment and more satisfaction when it's not an easy trail to follow. But at the same time, I know that comes with the risk of if I if I want to call in a a, a dog, you know, I'm contaminating it. So it's mm-hmm. a it's man, it's it's tough sometimes because, like I said, I'm I, I'm chomping at the bit. I'm I'm as bad as Jerry's dog, Bear Dog. I, I want to get out there and <laughs> mm-hmm. start looking for it. But you know, uh, I guess we were talking about this a little bit before we, we pressed record, but you know, is there anything that, that stood out about that conversation that, that you would, uh, that you'd have anything to add or, or maybe, maybe something you'd like to, you'd like to talk about a little bit before, you know, we continue our our conversation, I guess. Well, so I love the whole on lead versus off lead, um, talk when he first started doing the videos, uh, on YouTube about uh, bear dogs training mm-hmm. and showing the GPS and showing where he laid the scent. And um, I'll tell you what, it was just, it, it's, it's amazing to know how good that dog is uh, working with some dogs, some good, some okay. Um, you know, that dog is amazing. And it, I mean, to be honest, that part of my, retirement plan. I, I really do want to get a dog and uh, I've been doing research on it for a few years now um, just because I love tracking so much. I love being in hunting camps. I love being with hunting people. And, right. um, you know, I, I love tracking hogs and deer and bear and whatever else. Um, so it, it was, it was, yeah, it was definitely a invigorating uh, podcast for me. I'll probably listen to that one again. Well, and I'll be honest. I hope a, I hope a lot of people will because I do think there was a lot of of good information in there. And and you know I can I know you haven't had the the pleasure, but I can tell you you know firsthand I've I've seen Jerry's dog in action, and it's nothing short of amazing. I mean, uh, and I've had two outcomes. I had one that wasn't and definitely nothing you know not not the dog's fault. It was my fault. But I had one you know one animal that we didn't recover, but you know, we tracked that we tracked that animal way into the, the the wee hours of the night, and we were miles back in on public land. And uh, you know, every time Jerry would say, "You know, I'm not sure he's still on the uh, on the trail of this this buck," uh, well, then a few minutes he go, "Oh nope, there's a sp- there's a spot of blood. I need you know." Mm-hmm. One of these days, I learned to quit doubting him. Um, and then the the second one. Um, and I think we even hinted about this when we were talking, when Jerry and I were talking, but bear dog told us the deer was there and we didn't catch his cues and we didn't see the, we didn't see the animal the way it was, where it was down at. 
our vision was blocked. We just didn't see it. And we kept pushing him and he kept trying to find another deer. Um, and after we finally brought him back and picked him up, you know, where, uh, the last blood where I'd marked the last blood, he carried it back to us again. The second time we saw it and we're like, you know, he tried to tell us the first time and we didn't listen to him. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's just amazing to watch. Just amazing to watch. Um, and you know, that, that was really what prompted what you, myself and Nick were going to chat about tonight. And we'll get that rescheduled. Um, which was, I wanted us to each get on here and, and go into detail about one of our, our favorite hunts, our, you know, our most memorable hunts. Um, and I know I, I'd picked one out. In fact, um, when, when the thought of this came about, I was talking to the individual about it and it was Jerry and, uh, immediately I knew, I knew the, this, the tale I wanted to tell and we'll, we'll get that to it another week. But with Nick's power going out and so forth, we, we decided to table that one for a while cause I think it is a, a really good conversation and, and I'd rather not, I'd rather not ruin it, ruin it. I'd rather wait and do it at the right time. Maybe that's next week. Maybe it's the week after, but Anyway, I'm rambling here. So after Jerry and I finished recording um, last week, we were sitting around talking, and and I told him, I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm I don't have any episodes in the bank right now, so yours will go live. I think I recorded with him either Saturday or maybe it was even Sunday, um, and told him that the episode would be going live that weekend. And I said, I'll I'll be sure to share a, a link with you. Uh, please share it wherever you can. And he said, I will. He said, you know, I just, he said, I don't listen to podcasts. I've, I've, I've tried. And if, if I run across one or somebody recommends one based on a, a certain topic, then I'll, I'll listen to it. But, you know, most of the time I just, I just don't like them. And, uh, we chatted there a few minutes more and he, he, I asked him, I said, so, you know, are the ones you've listened to, you know, what, what do you enjoy? What do you like to listen to? And he said, well, he said, you know, the one that you had, um, uh, a, a few months back about the Buffalo hunt mm-hmm. and Tom don't hate me for this, but when he said Buffalo hunt, the first thing I thought was American bison. And I was thinking he was talking about the, the, the atlatl hunt. And he said, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the, the, um, the, um, Asiatic Buffalo hunt. I said, Oh, the one with Tom. And he said, yes. He said, that was entertaining. <laughs> he said <laughs> he got the biggest kick out of it because of the way you went into telling the story and, and you know, you 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 oh, cool. you had the details and built up to it. And I just I thought it was great. And and then he went on to say, you know, he it it he doesn't like listening to podcasts where we're talking about, you know, all the words that you and most of us don't like, you know, whacked him and Mm-hmm. And all this other stuff and, you know, bragging about how big it was. And, you know, people talking about they're such a great hunter because they they killed this big buck or whatever it was. He said that just doesn't appeal to me. But hearing somebody like, like Tom, and I think he mentioned Pat Kelly, too, um, yeah, going in great and, episode. and telling about these adventures and all the details. Forget the, you know, the animals that's what it's all about. That's what you're doing it for. But there's so much more to the experience is what he was trying to get across. That's cool, man. It's, it's, it's really awesome in this community when, you know, I, I'll, I'll say it, right. I, I really look at what 
you know, Jerry does. And some of that stuff I'm, I'm pretty awe stricken by. I mean, the guy's been everywhere and if I can tell a story that, uh, he likes that, that that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It, and, and again, it's nothing, nothing against, uh, nothing against you. It's just, I don't know. It just, it surprised me with, when you think about, um, some of the guests that we have had on, um, and you know, I love you like a brother, Tom, but it's just, yeah. you know, you think people are going to be drawn to the names, right? Yeah. True. And to hear Jerry say something like that, it just, it really meant a lot. And I knew, I thought it would mean a lot to you too. It does. That, that's really cool. So anyway, we'll, we'll get that rescheduled and we'll do that at a future date. But you and I were kind of hanging out we were, we were kind of chatting about it and decided, you know what, we haven't had a chance to even catch up. I guess it's the last time you were on the show. Um, <laughs> Can you believe that? Yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I know right both after Compton Rendezvous. That's right, it almost, was. That's almost, what, three, two, three months we haven't talked? <laughs> Pretty much, which, and you know the bad part? I can't tell you how many times we have both said, we're not going to let that happen again, uh, and it happens every time. It just, uh, It's kind of like life. Uh, the Tim King thing, right? I mean. I can bump into him anywhere that's not on this continent. Uh, you and I have catch up now and again, but I assume next time will be at some thousand feet or in some <laughs> some you know <laughs> camp somewhere. That'll be okay too. That'll be just fine. I don't know if you you probably have seen the same thing this week, but I've been um, the la- really the last two weeks. Um, it seems like I have a daily reminder of our our mule deer hunt last year because pictures that I shared over the course of a week, two weeks uh, after that hunt keep showing up on my, my memories on Facebook. I'm like, yeah. God, I miss that place. <laughs> and just before that, I was getting the ones from uh, the pronghorn hunt 2016. Right. That was still amazing. And I've been getting those too. Yeah, it was. And Oh, and by the way, um, Another thing that came up off uh, off record while I was talking to Pat Kelly, Pat Kelly has never hunted antelope. What? Um, Pat Kelly wants to hunt antelope. So it's pretty close I, too. Uh, you're right, and That's I don't a know. Fairly if short drive. So how do you feel about hunting antelope again? I'll, I'll go hunt goats again. <laughs> Sure. So I told him, you know, if we could work it out, I'd really, I'd love to go and share a hunting camp with Pat Kelly. So that may be something we think about for uh, either next year or maybe the year after. I think we have to uh, start buying points again if we want to go back where we hunted before. But uh, that's another topic. Yeah, I went ahead and bought uh, points for for deer and uh, pronghorn this year, just so I'd have one in the bank. So. I didn't think you could buy deer tags this year because we hunted out there this year. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm last thinking year. last year. You're right. You know Time what? Flies, my I, friend. I let it. I let it slip. I didn't do it this year. Oops. What a knucklehead move on my part. Yeah. So yeah, I got uh, <clears throat> elk, deer, pronghorn uh, put in for the super tag or whatever they call it in that state, and then. Uh, Decided to let my moose points expire, so I just got a notification today that uh, those are going to fall off. But I figured it out. It'd take like 
whatever, 10 more years to draw the worst unit for a cow tag with the way points are creeping. So I'm just letting those go and, you know, book that uh, moose hunt in Canada for next year. So, Well, Tom, I'm going to have to be honest with you. There's not many times that I talk to you that I end up getting bummed out, but you just bummed me out. I can't believe I just, I just, man, I had a brain fart on it. I didn't even think about it. So nope. you mentioned it, and then when you mentioned it, I'm I'm still in in 2018. Uh, yeah. Wow. Oh well. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll get back on the bandwagon next year. I guess. I guess I guess I'm not going out. I'm not going out west next year unless it's uh, over the counter tag. Well, we need to <clears throat> we need to come up with a better strategy and uh, do a little more planning uh, before we do our next trip. So. Um, we'll, we'll figure it out. And then we can also alternate what we hunt. So I'm up for elk for a few of those units. So we can look at, um, draw odds for cow tags. If you want to go to a spot where I'm going to go for bulls or whatever. So yeah, you and I need it. We need to talk about that before too long. Well, and you know, um, and then we're going to, we're going to kind of get into some of the things that, uh, what's that? Go ahead. Go ahead. I was also got to talk about when we're going to book with Jerry. Now that we've been talking about him. It's like, you know, I think it was two years ago we talked about doing something with him. Well, and that's what I was getting ready to say. So, you know, I said once once Bella went off to 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 college, then, you know, I'd, I'd have the time freed up to do that uh, with Jerry. So, you know, I, I'm, I want us to seriously think about maybe doing it next year if it's if it's in the cards. Um, but we can talk about that. We can talk about that another time. Right. We did. We did want to do kind of what we've sort of been doing, but with a little bit more focus. And that's just kind of catch up on what's been going on with you, what you got, what you got planned this fall, and and I guess I'll kind of do the same. Mine's pretty boring, so I'll just hand it off to you. What you know, you're you're what a less than a month away from season now. Yeah, what's the date today? Oh, I know what the date today is. Yeah, we're uh, three weeks from deer opener. Uh, let me catch up on a couple other things first, though, because sure, it's been awesome. It's been a lot of work lately. I've been, you know, kind of cramming and jamming and catching up after Australia. But um, so, a couple weeks ago, about a month ago, <clears throat> uh, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers had an event. Uh, showed up, did a, uh, did a little river cleanup, a uh, little Creek, actually not too far from Nick's house and won a, uh, full day guided fishing trip for two. And there was a little raffle thing and I'm like, well, that's awesome. So Saturday I'm going fishing for a day, which is super nice. Cool. <clears throat> where, are another, you, where are you, where are you going? That? Where are you going? Uh, so we'll be fishing on the Grand River, but okay. we're going to get away from, so it's already into uh, salmon steelhead right now. Uh, but the outfitter that donated the trip really specializes in smallmouth and pike. Oh, okay. So we're going to go up above where the uh, salmon are at, and, and the crowds are crazy uh, right now. So uh, taking my fishing partner, with me who's never caught a pike on a fly rod so my hope is she pulls that off uh and then so we're just gonna you know rip streamers and poppers and just kind of have a fun day of it i 
think it was like a week after that, <clears throat> I went to another event and they had a fly casting obstacle course, if you will. Okay. So you had to cast for distance. You had to shoot a loop through a standing hula hoop. You had to drop a yarn fly inside of a hula hoop. Um, there was all sorts of stuff. It was, it was, it was crazy. It was fun. I think you had to put a, a fly in a Yeti tumbler for the bonus, uh, you know, prize at the end. So get through this whole thing, right? <clears throat> I didn't realize there were prizes. I thought it was just kind of like set up for fun. Right. Turns out me and one other guy did clean runs. Uh, we both missed the extra, the bonus point, right? So neither one of us won the, that one. So they pulled the two of us out and we did a one shot double haul for distance. And he beat me by like 10 feet, had me hands down. So, um, it's okay. I totally good with it and couldn't lose to a better guy. So that was super awesome. Uh, guy I've known for about a year now. Um, anyway, so they pull us off the side and they're like, Jeffrey, pick your favorite fly line. So a scientific angler was putting the, the, the thing on. So he grabs one and they like offer me the second choice. And there's a uh, brand new weight forward five floating mastery MPX something line. I'm like, well, that's pretty freaking awesome. Uh, so I grabbed that. So I got a free, free fly line, which is, Say that cool. three times fast. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I look at my, my five weight, I pull it out, and I still have this really old reel. So you remember I got that reel for my three weight last year. Right. Um, and just loved it. I'm like, you know what? I've been a good kid. I'm going to buy myself a grown-up reel for my uh, five weight. And... Um, I had been listening to or watching some of those Mad River YouTube videos after you had that talk with uh, uh, those guys. Was it Brian that was sure. on? Brian, yes. Yeah. Brian Fletching. And I was like, you know, <clears throat> I can't get the reel I wanted local, and they had it. And so I ordered a, ordered a reel from those guys and felt real good about that. Um. And then they got the uh, the Peacock did you just Did you just order it online? I did. Yeah. I didn't bother calling in. It was just, you know, pretty, pretty straightforward what I wanted. Um, yeah, showed up nice box. Uh, there was a flyer for peacock bass in there. So they're trying to tempt me, uh, <laughs> uh an outing, um, didn't pull the trigger on that at least. So that was cool. So, you know, one, a uh, fishing trip, turn around, one, a fly line. I'm like, man, I'm, get the reel, got that thing mounted, set up on my five weight. And then, uh, our friend Derek, uh, Sheehan gives a call and says, you know, Hey, I used to live in Salt Lake city. We've talked about fishing the green river. I haven't been out there in a while. How do you feel about doing it this spring? And I'm like, okay. So never fish the green river. It's one of the only you know big rivers out there. I haven't fished. So, Check with my fishing partner. She's got the uh, airline miles to get tickets. So I put in for the the lodging. Uh, looks like we're going to get a guide uh, maybe one day and do a float. But uh, went ahead and booked a trip 
out to Utah, which will check another state off. I've never fly fished inside of Utah. I think it may, it's probably one of the only states I haven't. So going to, going to get that going in the spring. You've been busy. I have. Then. Been, well, wait, so wait a minute. We're, we're name dropping all over the place here. So, um, yeah. Brian, Brian's super guy. Um, yep. uh, in fact, I actually would like to have him on again. Just really enjoyed talking to, to him. Yeah. So maybe, maybe the next time I know, uh, Nick got to do that, um, this, this previous time, but, um, Maybe the next time I figure out a topic, get him back on here, make sure that, you know, you're the one that can, can be on to, to co-host that. Cause I, f- I figured when you heard it, you would, you would, uh, you'd like to chat with him. Um, yeah, I do some and you know, you talk about the peacock and I, I well, keep I'm sorry. Trying, I, I do some work in Ohio and, okay. uh, not, I mean, pretty darn close to where their shop is, but I haven't been down since that episode aired and I listened to it. So. Uh, I'm definitely going to drop in and, and see the place and say hi and shake some hands next time I'm down there. Well, and you know, I was actually going to when we went up for um, Compton's, but it was just a little bit too far out of the way. I just couldn't, um, I couldn't justify it, you know, the, the entire family dragging along, dra- being drug along and so forth. Mm-hmm. I just didn't feel like it was fair to them. So, so I didn't go by there. And, and you know, you were, you were talking about the, um, uh, peacock bass, you know, Jim could hook you up. Messias. <laughs> so uh, we'll drop in, another name while we're at it. I was in Florida last week <laughs> and had hurricane not been blowing through. Um, literally I landed maybe 30 hours after it moved up the coast. I mean, they were uh, a lot of people going before me, missed their flights. Uh, right had to fly into Tampa and rent cars and uh, it was, it was pretty crazy. Um, but I was going to attach, uh, a trip down to see Jim to that trip when it was first being planned, uh, if he was available. So, uh, I, that, that's, that's very high on my list. Have you ever I gotta met get Jim? a barracuda? I got to get a peacock bass. Never have. Nope. Yeah, I haven't either. Um, I've talked to him several times now, but never, never have met him. I have to. I'm gonna have to correct that soon. So sure. anyway, go ahead. You had you had some other. You, I'm I'm feeling pretty jealous since I've just been stuck at my computer for the last three months. <laughs> but uh, what else well, you got going on, man? So this weekend is the uh, uh, fishing trip, and then. Next weekend, it's out to Bear Camp. So, I'll be up in the uh, same place I was last year. So, got right. a tag. Be heading up there to try and get a black bear. So, uh, and I come back, the I think, the two days before deer opener starts. So, I'm thinking I'm going to do a sit in the morning on opening day, just ceremonially. Uh, and then wait for it to cool off a little bit. So, uh, but yeah, I've got the, got the bow out. I went from my light bow. I put that project up and moved back to my 64 pound long bow. I was just pounding that target tonight. Everything was feeling real good. Uh, arrows are great. The only thing I have to do is get my, my broadheads touched up, uh, in the next week. And, uh, so that was going real good. And then. You know, 
you know how I, I always say I'd, I'd rather take somebody who's never fly fished and, and take them fishing and catch them their first, you know, put them on their first fish mm-hmm. than actually go fishing myself most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or, uh, or I'd rather get somebody into pigs who's never been in pigs. Uh, then, you know, I, I love hunting pigs, but it's, 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 it's so awesome when you have somebody out there for their first time and they can hear the hogs and their eyes get all big. I mean, it, it's magical, right? So my fishing partner after 22 years, a couple of weeks ago says, Hey, I, um, I've been thinking about this hunting thing and I want to do it. I've, I've been studying about these straight wall cartridges that are now legal in Michigan. I've been looking at, you know, the, the public lands that are available for hunting. Like if I don't get one fine, if I do, it's just this giant bonus. Will you teach me, you know, show me the ropes and get me set up and, and get me off to where I can go hunting. And I was blown away. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. Um, to have a, a first time hunter right. and those, those, those new eyes, right. Seeing something for the first time all over again. So the reason I was late dialing in to record this, uh, I was at the gun shop. Uh, she's signing for her rifle tonight and picking up the first couple boxes of ammo. And we are starting on that journey. Um, together. So, uh, she picked up a leftover antlerless tag, has a buck tag over the counter. Uh, I've been looking at spots. Uh, one of the places is a place where you and I hunted one day, uh, before I got run off by a guy with a chainsaw. Uh, do you remember that day? Oh yeah. I remember it very well. So, uh, that's where her antlerless tag is good for. And, um, yeah, so I'm pumped. I'm, I'm excited. So now I've, and I've hunted that, that area twice during bow season. Mm -hmm. How, how crazy is it during the gun season? Well, uh, I had a very Michigan, uh, moment. I hunted that during muzzleloader one day. And, uh, there were three guys in orange right there. Um, the funny thing is they were sitting on buckets, literally in the road, like back to back in that fire break. Really? Like staring off in three different directions. Just waiting for them to cross. Yeah. But you mean nothing against, you know, lazy hunters. No, no, no. I think we need more lazy hunters. Um, I hope they don't go back where I need to go. But yeah, it was pretty pretty comical to, you know, come around the corner with the the headlights on early in the morning and see three guys in orange, basically sitting in, the in the road, sitting in the road. <laughs> yeah. So wow. I took my longbow out and I went up and uh, went up hunted, and uh, I did not see any. I take it back. I saw a few that morning, but I didn't get nothing within range. Um, but I did hear it was either two or three gunshots from that direction you know, an hour later. So I think I, I think I bumped them out and at first light. They were, uh, in front of the firing line. So but that's the way it happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, especially I didn't get a thank you card. I mean, that's just it. <laughs> 
Well, between you and I, we have a especially that that section you're you're talking about. We're we're good at pushing the deer out to other people. Yeah. Um, you know that was the same place I I think I pushed that when it just about ran over you. <laughs> yeah, uh, you did. That was so <laughs> funny. So I I climbed down at the appointed time and <laughs> have my bow leaning against the tree, and I hear rustling. And I look up, and I think that was a six point, if I remember. And he was it was a it was a six, six or, or a small eight. eight. Oh no, it was definitely at least a six. Oh yeah, it was uh, definitely at least a six. But the thing is running, bounding over those logs, right down the hill, straight at me, and I'm frozen. I'm not moving. And what it stopped five, six feet short of me. I mean, you I, know what's... I could have bopped it on the nose with my bow. I'm pretty sure. It's funny to watch how uh, those deer up there, you know, I, I they get a lot of pressure really quick. Um, but, you know, that, that deer came came up on me that morning. Uh, if he if he had a step, if he had taken two or three more steps, I, I believe I could have got a shot off. Now, whether or not I'd have hit him is a, is a whole other matter because he was just, he was so wired. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, an acorn actually dropped and hit a, a small dead limb about, I guess, four or five inches in diameter and made a little, like a hollow crack. And, buddy, he was out of there like the wind. Um, but, you know, that was that was three hours before I headed back out. Uh, so he didn't go far. He just went a little ways and I guess, you yeah. know, bedded up. But uh, it, it's it's funny how they learn how they don't have to panic. They just, you know, go to a place where they're safe and, and, and hole up, which is obviously what he did. And he had no idea you were even there until yeah. he ran straight into me, ran, ran into you. Yeah. Uh, so what um, I know, you know, we, we don't we don't talk that much about gun hunting so i've got an opportunity here i'm gonna i'm gonna dive into that just a little bit but what what gun and what caliber did you did she end up going with so the problem with the straight wall cartridge i mean really there's so i don't know there's a there's a bunch of cartridges available uh get into the forums there's a lot of a lot of banter about some old stuff uh, typically, you know, around here, 450 Bushmaster was the mm-hmm. one that everybody went to as soon as it was legalized. Um, I've shot quite a bit of 450, and it's pretty punishing. 450 uh, Marlin? Uh, 450 Bushmaster. Bushmaster, okay. Yeah. I'm not familiar with these, so. Yeah, it's. I've been out of the gun business for a while, so. I mean, I, I handle it just fine. It's It's no big deal if you're used to shooting. But when you're dealing with somebody who has never owned a gun before, right. uh, only cursory shot a couple times, um, I thought that was too much gun. Uh, you know, that just, it, it, it's too much recoil for, for somebody that, for a first gun, I think, in my opinion. Well, you, the um, last thing you want to do is start bad habits. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't tell somebody to start off with a 70-pound longbow, you know? Um, so the cartridge that came out this year, uh, 350 Legend, uh, Winchester's uh, project, it's basically a 223 brass 
that has been opened up to 35 caliber to make it basically straight wall. Oh, okay. Um, can't remember the powder charge. They're getting, you know, a little over 2000 feet per second, uh, with 150 to 180 grain bullets, whatever, 2300 or something. So, you know, from a performance perspective, uh, should be great. Um, so the 150 grains are, uh, kind of like a partition style, right? There's a, uh, a little tip on it that'll expand. Uh, the 180s are kind of a soft nose. Um, so looking at the guns, uh, Winchester, of course, has, I think it's an XPS. Uh, those are very hard to get or are not out yet uh, or out of stock, whatever. And then Ruger has uh, an American rifle uh, with a few models available in 350. So coincidentally, the local store had the ranch and the ranch compact. So we did uh, measured up length of pole, made sure that the buttstock was the right length uh, for her. She's five foot four and the compact fit her like a glove. So uh, had to get one of those on order. They didn't, the ones that they had were uh, spoken for for other customers. So that came in today. Um, so it's Ruger American rifle ranch compact. It has, I think a four round box fed magazine, uh, bolt action rifle. Mm-hmm. It's an ugly color of sand. She really wanted a, a wooden stock, but, uh, would rather have the gun this year and hunt rather than have, um, a gun. She was looking at 243 originally. She was talking about hunting prong, pronghorn potentially in the future. Right. And that turned into, well, I could just start hunting deer in my backyard now so with a straight wall. So um, that's the gun, uh, three to nine variable power scope, uh, 40 millimeter objective, just your real standard deer gun. Uh, ammunition reports, people are shooting that very accurately. Maximum effective range seems to be 150, 200 yards. Uh, of course, you know, you've hunted in Michigan. I don't think there's any chance of shooting that far here. You can't right, see anything, right. uh, especially in the woods. So, yeah, that's the gun and bullet stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know what, uh, but what do the, you know? the best, the, the best part about this store is I'm sitting here thinking about it, Tom, is, um, Introducing someone who, um, and obviously I know we're not, we're, we're, we're tiptoeing around giving away too much personal information because I don't know that they would want their name on here and, and that's fine. Uh, I know who you're talking about and, and to introduce somebody that's, that's been around hunting a good portion of their life, but never actually decided to do it and introducing them and, and being able to help, you know, guide them along that it doesn't. You can talk about weapons all you want to, but to me, it doesn't. It doesn't get any more traditional than that. I mean, yeah. that's 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 what it's all about. So well, kudos what, to you. That's what I find so exciting. It's like you know, a couple of years ago, we had a fifteen-year-old girl who won a uh, uh, mentored hunt uh, that we did for hogs, you know, and kind of did a little bit of prep, and then you know, the field time with her. Um, so. 
Uh, and then we had uh, a young man in our hog camp for a couple of years that when you and I were, were hunting in December down there in South Carolina. Yep. It, you know, to me, that's the part that's so cool because there's such a steep learning curve. And if you don't have somebody to show you the ropes, uh, I was working with another um, woman a couple of years ago, and she was getting ready for her, you know, first big out west hunt. And just those little tips you can give, right? I mean, she was an accomplished hunter before that, um, but had never been out of out of state, right? right? And it's those things where anytime you can help somebody else, uh, you know, learn it. I mean, it's going to come off wrong, I think, but you know, do it the right way, right? Learn, learn it from the inside out, right? Like, if you can help get them on the right path. Um, uh, to me, I just it's so cool. It's so cool to help somebody get started. Well, and no, I don't think you're. Uh, I, I don't think that's the wrong way to look at it. I mean, it's. Well, I'll back up a lot. I think there's there's something to be said for for both ways. Um, you know, those those hard lessons learned are some of the best lessons learned, and yeah. and believe me, if 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 she if she decides to pursue this more than, you know, a season or two, she's going to learn some hard lessons. I mean, you, unavoidable. it is unavoidable. So, but at the same time, I would sit and tell you that, you know, I would have loved to have had someone that would have really took me under the wing and, and mentored me when, when I was first getting started into this. Cause that was kind of, you know, my dad, like, and I've mentioned this before, he would go out and bird hunt now and then, but, it wasn't anything that he was just drawn to. It was just something like, oh, you know what? I think I'll pick up the shotgun and go out this afternoon. And and, that, mm-hmm. and he might not do it again for three years after that. Um, so it was, you know, I, I would have definitely liked to have had some of that. But at the same time, failure is a very good teacher. And mm-hmm. as long as you don't get frustrated and quit. So that's why I say it's that fine line. But if, if you can help somebody, and I know you well enough to know, hell, you've done it to me in the past. You, you, you know when not to just give the answer, right? <laughs> um, There's an art to it, and some of that's some of that's done in fun, and some of it's done. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you get where I'm going. I mean, it, being able to 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 mentor and lead someone along that path. Um, is definitely advantageous for many reasons. You know, there are there are definitely, and I know this will happen. There are some of those lessons you will let her learn, mm-hmm. and there were some of those you'll say, you know what, I wouldn't. You know, there there's a better way to do this, and let me let me explain to you why. Um, I wish I could go back, you know, by myself, go back in time, and 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 befriend you. Um, at the age of sixteen, when you were at your age today, I'd be a I'd be a happy person. You know, I'd, I'd be a mu- I'd be much more successful uh, in the woods by now than I than I have been over the course of my life. But you know, it just is what it is. But I, I commend you for it. I think it's I think it's absolutely great. Well, thank you. I I I am just it's so exciting to have that beginner mindset again. You know, just to. You realize, like, wow, you got to cover so much. I mean, and I'm, 
you know, bow hunting education instructor. And I mean, I, I help, I help a lot of people, but there's only so much you can do classroom, right? There's only so much you can do within the right. uh, curriculum that's approved and to stop and be like, okay, we have to learn how to seriously shoot. We have to learn how to, you know, put a scope on a gun and sight it in. We have to learn about loads and accuracy. Like we have safety, we have like all that stuff at the same time, field craft, you know, where are we going? Why would we be there? You know, why then and not now? And, you know, that whole thing about uh, being a field and, and, you know, movement. And then, you know, for her, the biggest thing is kind of the after the shot. So she has really kind of fallen in love with cooking wild game and, and, you know, experimenting with dishes. And, you know, so that was her entrance was from the food side. So she wants to see how animals are, you know, taken apart and how you turn a backstrap into chops and whatever else. But uh, it's gonna it's 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 gonna be fun. I I hope that there is. Uh, and you know from you know like the hog camps we've shared, uh, anyone's success is a learning opportunity, right? Uh, how to track a hog and how to drag one and how to, how to handle, you know, the dead weight and skinning. And I mean, there's just so much you can learn being around people who are hunting. Um, so uh, I've got a couple, couple hunts scheduled and uh, unfortunately rifle season short and I have some work travel that I'll be going during that time, but uh, we've got some days planned and hopefully we'll find some luck and, uh, without a doubt, she's going to learn a bunch. So, well, and you've mentioned, you mentioned the, the hog camp that, that December. Um, I don't remember the year that was, was that 2016 or 2015? Anyway, I know which one you're talking it was about. 14 and 15 or 15 and 16. Yeah, I can't remember. It's been a few years back, um, and I'll mention his first name. Um, you know, Luke. He and I would like to go into this just a little bit, if it's okay with you, because sure. there's a couple of things I've thought about. You know, with Luke, um, and what what do you think he was? Fifteen, fourteen, fifteen? About like that. Yeah, something along that line. And he and his dad came into camp. Both up, great, great guys. Um, his dad, Ted fantastic guy i mean i really enjoyed sitting around talking to him if he could yeah. stay out of the swamp trying to find his thermosail um <laughs> but uh and i i doubt ted listens if you're listening ted reach out to me <laughs> um <laughs> sorry for poking the fun at you but um you know luke luke was just that boy he was rambunctious and he hunted a lot with a compound and he told us that and mm -hmm. uh, i don't think he had taken an animal at all with his recurve um i'm almost positive that was the case and you know he had that. he had uh he had he had big plans and and i think i can't remember if it was you or i one at first you know asked about his equipment and we're sitting there and and you know we just told him up front i think i'd reconsider what you got going on there right and i think he i think he listened what was the old thing from white men can't jump you you're you're listening but you're not hearing 
<laughs> I think he was listening to Jimmy, but he wasn't hearing Jimmy because, you know, he just kind of gave us the, the, you know, pat the old man on the head kind of thing and went on about his way. And without going into a whole lot of detail, you know, his, his first, um, his first opportunity did not go as, as planned. Well, and, and, and yeah, I mean, you, got to, you know, so given the experiences he had up till then with those broadheads in his compound, the kid had certainly killed a fair share of deer. Oh, yeah. He had he killed some animals compound. Some turkeys, Absolutely. I think. I mean, for his age, I mean, I, I wish I had that amount of success with a, a bow at that age. So it wasn't like it was an unfounded confidence. It just wasn't going to apply to that recurve in the same way. And you're right. right. We had kind of a tricky path to try to help him. And I'm not, and and understand, I'm not trying to take anything away from the guy. I mean, it, it's it's it was simply one of those um, experience teaches all kind of thing, or or teaches a lot, and and he didn't have the experience with right. the equipment he was getting ready to go in the field with. And I I even wrote an article about this because you know we we actually tried to talk to his dad about it too, and his dad said, well, you know, I've tried, he won't listen to me. Maybe he'll listen to you guys. Yeah. But um, anyway, to his credit, that night he said, okay, you've got my attention. Let's talk. And Mm -hmm. I had carried a a lighter weight uh, longbow and had some arrows that I felt like were, you know, I was pretty confident would work. And the next day he was out there shooting them and they they seemed to fly really well out of his his bow. And he he learned to adjust pretty quickly because... I think he went from probably shooting a 350 grain arrow to a 700 grain arrow. I mean, it was a big difference. Um, It was, but when he shot it, you could see how deep it was going into the target. I mean, he knew right away. Oh yeah. That was a lot more penetration. Uh, yeah. And he, you know, he, he got out there and he practiced and he practiced and, um, he had me, I think it was me. It may have been you. One of us sat down and actually made sure his broad heads were sharp, touched them up and, he went out that that next afternoon and shot his first whitetail uh, with a, a recurve, yeah, and that was so cool. It was, dude. It was just, it's, it's, yeah. It was. I mean, you know, for for a brief period of time, it was like having a kid. Yeah, you know, your or your kid that you were out there um, uh, helping because we went back, we helped him with the the track that night, and mm-hmm. he was he was really getting discouraged, and he he didn't have as much blood as he wanted. And he kept trying to, if you remember that, he kept trying to push and push ahead. And we were like, no, you know, slow down, take your time. Don't, don't leave the, the, the piece of sign that you've got until you find the next one or somebody in front of you does. And my flashlight ended up hitting the animal. Um, (laughs) I remember that. And luckily he was looking down because I wanted him to actually, you know, follow it all the way to, which he did. And man, that kid lit up and it was just... There's not much better feeling. Yeah, there really isn't. Um, never did get that arrow back, but <laughs> <laughs> but but that's okay. I hope he I hope he kept it, and I hope it's I hope, I hope so. it's on a mantle somewhere. Um, but yeah, that was that was fantastic. And you know, I'll I'll bring up another one while we're on the while we're on the subject. Um, the the young lady and and her daughter that we had in camp this past year again i'm not going to mention names but um that was 
that was kind of unique too because that was her first hunting experience. Um, and she was hunting with a, I think it was her first hunting experience. I know it was her first one with a, uh, a traditional bow. So it was the mom's first time hunting ever. Right. Uh, the daughter had hunted, uh, a couple times before on that property. Right. Uh, and I think turkeys in her okay. home state. Okay. Um, so I know you, we're out helping them with shot placement, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. When the day everybody got into camp and, and then you showed up, they were, um, shooting bone broadheads and, and yep. you came up and wanted me to sharpen them. Uh, and it got, got them wicked sharp. In fact, I, you know, I told them, I said, please, please be careful. Um, don't, don't cut yourself. And anyway, they went out uh, they hunted all week and kept asking for advice and, and kept giving, you know, advice when we could. And then I'm trying to remember, I think it was Friday, Friday evening, either Thursday evening or Friday. And I can't remember which days we hunted now, but, um, you know, I was, I was driving that night. Yes, I think so. I was hunting, I was, I was driving that big four wheeler that, Charlie went and barred so we could get people back into the swamps because the water was still so high. And, um, that thing was she cool. was the, it was, it was very cool. I've got some, I actually got some GoPro footage going through those drainages, man. It was water coming over the hood at times. Um, we were it was sitting, lifted. Oh yeah. We were sitting three foot off the ground. The water was still coming around my boots. It was yeah. really cool. Um, but I was coming out that night and I believe that was the, f- it was either the f- first or second night we went back into the swamps. I think it was the first night. Mm-hmm. First night. And, and, you know, pulled up and, and asked if she had seen anything. And she said, yeah, I shot two. And, uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. That first night she said, no, I shot one. Yep. And I said, okay. And I turned the thing off. I said, you know, where was the shot at? And she pointed and I went over and sure enough, you know, you found some blood there right away. And I said, okay, well, you know, let's take our time and let's let's try to figure out which way this thing went. And I was hoping to do the same thing again that I did with Luke. <laughs> and that stank on that hog didn't go thirty feet, man. It barely got across the road. Um, yeah. So it wasn't much of a tracking job. But again, <laughs> the excitement. I mean, uh, there is nothing like being there for that for that first big event like that. I mean, it's just. It's, it's amazing. Um, and then the next night shot another one. Um, and I've tried to talk her out of going to the same stand. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah. She hunted. That was the same stand two days in a row and she shot, she shot two pigs. Um, so, but the, the, even the set, the, so the second one, um, tried following the trail and I lost the trail in the dark with a light, you know, and I said, look, the best thing we can do is wait and come back in the morning and we can see because there's a lot of water, a lot of water around there. And I was, my gut was telling me the, the pig had gone into the water. Um, so the next morning, I know you, I think you had already left going back. Yeah. And we went room. over with Charlie and um, I'm sitting there pointing out one side of the, the, the ATV saying, you know, there's, right there's the flag where the, the, uh, the shot was, and there's where the last blood was. And Charlie goes, well, the hog's laying right there. And it had crossed the road somewhere. Um, and again, it had gone down within sight of the stand. So, 
but again, the excitement all over again. Um, just amazing. Yeah. I mean, oh, I love, I love finding the end of a, a, a blood trail with a dead pig in it. I mean, that's, it never gets old, but it's never the same as the first one. And to be there when somebody else is doing that, that is so fun. It, it, it really is. There's just nothing like it. I mean, honestly, just that's the, like the bad it. thing about ending up with this, the same camp and the same bunch of hunters over and over. You know, you don't have that, that, that fresh blood and that invigorating spirit, you know. It's good because sometimes you kill more stuff. You know, you're more successful, but there's something really cool about having the, the new people in camp. It, it really is. And you don't get those, especially down there. I mean, most of, most of the people that hunted down there, will just say they were, um, seasoned. <laughs> <laughs> That's some a very kind way to say that. <laughs> some, some, some much more than others. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, very, very cool. Very cool. So, anything, I'm afraid to ask, uh, anything else you got going on, or has that pretty much got me caught up? I think you're pretty well caught up. Um, yeah, I think I think we're up to the time where we should be talking about what we want to do next fall, and uh, the only thing I have to work around is that moose hunt. Right. But um, it's probably time for us to have a call not being recorded. And start looking at some some units and some draw odds and what we want to do and probably have a talk with Jerry. Sounds like a sounds like a good plan. Um I'm 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 up for just about just about anything. So maybe we'll uh I'm actually out west all next week. I've gotta to go to uh lovely Redmond for some Microsoft stuff for work next week, but um Maybe the week after that we can we can get together and sit down and talk about it. And unfortunately, I'd love to tell you I've got all kinds of exciting stuff to talk about, but I really don't. In fact, I'm I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the killjoy here. I'm gonna miss my first opening weekend, and I can't tell you how long. Um, but it's for good reason. Bella Bella is being inducted into the honor society uh, at college, oh. so we're going down for that That's Saturday morning. It is. It I, really I'm ready is. I'm to give you a whole bunch of flack, but that's a good reason. Uh, and I'll be honest, Tom, with work and everything else, I'm so far behind. I've got mods I want to do to my sticks that I still haven't gotten around to for uh, for the saddle uh, the saddle hunting, and uh, mm-hmm. just I haven't had time. So I think um, next weekend I'm gonna try to hunt in the probably in the mornings because it's just so it's still so hot here right now, and I think I might spend the afternoons tweaking some of my gear and getting that wrapped up. And then the, the weekend after that, we're back down for a parents weekend at, at, um, Bella's college. So, um, I'll get around to doing some hunting at some point. Uh, but it's, it's going to be probably more spread out than I'm, than I'm used to, but I kind of knew that going into this fall. So, um, you know, but between that and trying to keep the podcast, uh, you know going into content and and work it's just unfortunately i'm 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 mr boring you got a lot going on me not so much well you know i'm a firm believer that life is short and you gotta plan it and pack it all in you know you just gotta get something out there something booked 
buy a point for some some future hunt. Um, so yeah, and in between, yeah, I think I just started another book on uh, American bison. You mentioned that at the top of the call. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love I love trying to learn about animals. You know all about them, history. You know what makes them tick. So I was chatting with one buddy and it's a few years out, but you know, just love every bit of this process. So I think sometimes you enjoy the planning more than you do the execution to be perfectly honest. Depends how cold the rain is. (laughs) (laughs) That is a typical and very good Tom response right there. (laughs) That's all good stuff, man. Well, Tom, I, I think that's probably a, a good point to to wrap this up. Like I said, it wasn't really the the discussion we were planning, but you know, sometimes you just can't you can't uh, you can't have everything you want. But this has been a great conversation, and it really kind of went down a path I, I I didn't expect up front. So I I really appreciate you taking the time to to share with it, and I hope some others out there will 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 think about it a little bit and and maybe go out and look for opportunities themselves because. You think you think uh, you think taking your first animal is exciting. Try being along with somebody when when it happens to them. Yeah, it's just it really is amazing. It is. It really is. All right, buddy. Well, I'm gonna. The only thing I've got left to to wrap this thing up is to remind everyone we still have this contest going on. It's going on through the end of the month. Um, giving away a uh, custom longbow or recurve of your choice from uh, Kalamazoo Bow Works. Uh, There's full details about it on the website as well as how you can enter. And I want to remind everyone that there are multiple ways you can enter. So you can get entered right now at least up to five times for the drawing. And I'm actually possibly going to be adding others. So even if you've already entered, be sure to go back and check it um, periodically between now and the end of the month to make sure uh, if there's any new methods of getting entered uh, or getting an additional entry into the drawing, you take advantage of that. Uh, we wish everyone the best of luck uh, on that drawing. And also keep in mind, we're also throwing in a one-year membership to Compton Traditional Bowhunters. So if you hadn't already, get out and uh, join up for that and look for details on the winner, uh, either at the end of this month or right at the 1st of October. Until next time, take care, everyone. Thank you so much for joining in. So long.